kick it on, and of course it all winds up on July 31st in the Orange Bowl. The Great American Bash is taking its toll on a few men, good men. The match beyond Miami, like my brother's the Legion of Doom, so abruptly put it, is true. They are the baddest, biggest, and meanest in the world, but they're my brothers. They're my street brothers. These are my brothers and sisters. Tommy Edwards takes pride in producing, directing the greatest television show on TV. I take pride in being a champion. So in Miami, the war games continue. In Charlotte tonight, the money comes back to Dusty Rose, the American dream. And now, Nikita Koloff, my friend, the greatest athlete I've ever stepped into the ring with. He don't care about pain. He makes no excuses about pain, Lex Luger. You come out here and them cheap foster grants and in that cheap imitation pullover polo that you think that you're one of the horsemen in just a few months and you're one of the cream of the crop. Let me tell you something. You talk about being rich and famous. Let's look and say I'm rich and famous. Let me tell you something, Daddy. You're not rich and your dad show not famous. I'm famous and I'm a wealthy son of a guy. Three times World Heavyweight Champion. And Ric Flair, you're going around the country now forgetting one man. That's Dusty Rhodes, the American Dream. And on any given night, in any arena, I can take the world's title from you, Ric Flair. Everybody here knows it. Everybody feels it and knows it. Let me take something else. Nikita Koloff quest to become United States Heavyweight Champion again is gonna happen. But on that road, along them times, Lex Luger, remember this, all your muscles, all your body, all your, if you say, most best looking man in the world, you think, yeah, well this old boy right here has got a heart as big as Texas. And Tony, what? I was getting ready to say, you know, I followed your career for so many years and you've held so many titles. But there's one title I don't believe you've ever held, and that's a U.S. heavyweight title. Uh, not yet. Not yet. Lex Luger, if you're looking for somebody to pick on, that's 305 pounds of a chummy, chubby little plumber son from Austin, Texas, that'll tear your sweet ass right up anytime you're ready for. Rick Flair, Iron Edison, Tyler Blanchard, the Legion of Doom and the superpowers are ready now for the match beyond. War Games 2. War Games 2. Pain Blues and Agony. The National Wrestling Alliance is the best wrestling product in this country. Ron Simmons, great athlete, black athlete, don't have to dye his hair blind to get on television. You know what I mean? He's got the talent. And I don't sell Dixie Cups down at the case store, Daddy. All I do is beat people up and be the best at what I am. Nikita's coming for you, Luger. And on the way there, 
The dream's coming for you too. Thank you, Tony. Hey, this is Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Your shows, your entertainment, and your This is Rant and Remember, what this network wants, this network gets. I promise you that. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the main event of the evening. Broadcasting live from Shaolin, Staten Island. Freak Show Central. Where's that? New York City. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment broadcasting. It's the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast on Rant EM Radio. Proud member of the Shining Wizards Network. And I don't sell Dixie Cups at the K-Store. You know what I'm saying? Oh, Dusty. Dusty makes it all right. Ladies and gentlemen, episode 472 of the Turnbuckle Throwbacks Wrestling Podcast. It is another Friday afternoon here in uh, the Shaolin section of Staten Island, New York City. And I am, as always, your gracious host, the Messiah of Memories, the Yoda of yesteryear, the heavyweight primate, the intellectual... Sexual white chocolate, the impact player, Mr. Philly Raya. Oh man, uh, it's pardon the voice. I'm a little under the weather. Woke up, I had to go get a bunch of, I had to go to like two doctor's appointments today sonograms and pokes and prods and lab results and nonsense and all this other shit. Got like the sniffles, I guess I don't want to call it, but uh, ain't gonna stop me from recording. I have all this shit to talk about. We got a lot to talk about today, and I hope everybody's having a good week. And I'm glad the work week is over. It's been busy. There's been a nursing strike here in New York City. So a lot of the people are fluctuating. Patients that don't want to go to certain places that are all going to come to my place because they all want to get the best care. And of course, that means I'm busy, you know. And uh, I guess it's okay. But you know what I don't like about being busy at work sometimes is, you know, everybody's like, well, if it's busy, it's going to go faster. And that's normally the case. But there was one particular day, I want to say it was Monday or Tuesday, and it was so busy, and the clock just sat at 2.30 for like four hours. I was like, this is like the slowest effing day ever. I was bugging the fuck out. I was like, man, I'm like, I am just need, I'm, I am in need of a nap. That's what I need. Doctor's like, you don't sleep enough. I'm like, yeah, no fooling, man. No fooling you, Dick Tracy. Here's a dollar. Buy a clue, if you will. Played that Dusty Rhodes promo, man. He was mad. Oh, he was so mad at Lex Luger and Ric Flair and the Four Horsemen. He was so mad, if you will. But he doesn't sell Dick the Cups at the case door. That's my favorite part. You know? He makes me happy. Pro wrestling makes me happy. You know? And... Uh, you know, of course, after we go off, after I stop recording, I should say we, no one else is here. I usually, there's usually a we in there, but it's me. After I stop recording, all the fucking news decides to flood the internet, you know. So for me, and I'm in this group chat with uh, all the rant guys, you know. And we're going back and forth, giving our opinions and stuff. And I mean, you know, you have to understand something too. 
we're all going by, you know, hearsay. Everything is just a rumor. Nothing's been confirmed. The only thing that's the only things that were confirmed was that Stephanie stepped away again, you know, and then she got ankle surgery. She put that on social media, I think, today or yesterday. And um, and then Vince came, Vince came back to the board of directors of World Wrestling Entertainment, and he became, uh, you know, messed up all the bylaws. Walked in, said, "Yo, we're not doing this, this, and this." And I and I, I am the sole decision maker when it comes to selling the company, and any kind of TV deals that we make, I want to be in charge of that. That's why he came back allegedly, right? So then, of course, the internet just melted. Like literally, you couldn't get I could you couldn't go anywhere on social media without something being mentioned about Vince and the company and the finances. And I was and I was telling Double A this from the rant. I said I was I was intrigued by the um, the legalities of it. You know, I didn't know that you know publicly traded companies can bring on board of directors that don't have any experience. I didn't know that, you know, he could, he because you're a major shareholder of the company, you can come back whenever you want if you were off the board. I didn't know any of these things. I had no idea. And uh, the kid from WrestleNomics was on Busted Open. And I'll get into Bully Ray in a few minutes, but I was listening to that, and it kind of put some things into perspective for me. So, the rumor is that that Vince McMahon came back to sell the WWE. And then the rumors came out that the Vince wants to sell the WWE to the Arabians, right? And that became like a meltdown on the internet as well. So now I didn't now all these questions are like, you know, can you go, you know, public to private company again? You know? Will they have? Will, will the company that will the owners of the company let just let the the powers that be now run the company and they just sit back and collect money? Because you know at this point, with this Arab comp with this Arab uh, company, you know they own part of an English they, they own an English Premier League team, they own the Saudi national team that was in the World Cup this year for soccer, and they own they have investments everywhere. For them, it's just an investment. Uh, they're not. They're not. Uh, I don't know if these. I know the the Arabian people are big wrestling fans, but I don't know if the company itself is in uh, wrestling fans. I have no idea. But it's very intriguing, you know. And everybody's like, "Oh, putting the memes up. Oh, WrestleMania is going to be in you know Saudi Arabia, and Mansoor is going to win the title, and they, they, all these memes came out, and you know." But then all the uh, the the cancel culture kids started coming out, like you know. Their treatment of women, how the girls gonna wrestle and blah blah blah. Does everybody have to wear a jumpsuit and all the girls have to wear these clothes and blah 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 blah. And all these questions is just flood and flood. So so you know, I tr- you know, for me, I try really hard to ignore a lot of what I read. I mean, it gets into conversation pieces. You know, I'm in another text with uh with Rob and and Nick German and a bunch of kids, Motspock. And, you know, we, we, we're shooting shit back and forth. And, you know, it becomes a joke. You know, what, what's, oh, yeah, look at this. We get pictures, we get memes, we get, like, you know, opinions. And, you know, we don't, we don't know what opinions are. They're like assholes. 
Everybody has them. Some of them stink. But I was listening to this kid on YouTube, and then he and then he made it to TikTok. And he was he's a he's a podcaster, video content creator kid, you know. And he's got a a, a show, and he was saying like, all these like you know what's going to happen to the company, you know, and giving all these examples. And I'm just like, eh. it was one extreme to another. I particularly don't. I don't know. I'm indifferent because at this point, you know, everybody's like, oh, going to kill the product. The product is not the same anyway. If you're a pro wrestling fan, you're going you're gonna to go and watch pro wrestling. Okay, that's it. If you're a good pro wrestling fan, and I no disrespect to the regular wrestling fans, if you're a good pro wrestling fan and you want the sports entertainment aspect of it, then you'll still watch WWE. Like, there's a difference now, you know? it's When I was a kid, it was very character-driven, that what I watched on TV, and the stuff that I was really into, I had to go and look for. Because it wasn't televised at one point. You know, we didn't have the Superstation for almost till 1990, okay? We didn't have Mid-South. We didn't have World Class. We didn't have the AWA. We didn't have any of that shit, okay? So you, you, you pen pal it, you tape trade, magazines. The PWI had the PWI, and then there was three publications. There was Wrestling, uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, The Wrestler, and it was Inside Wrestling. Those were the three PWI um, uh, magazines. The Aptor Mags, as we call them now. Shout out to Bill Aptor, good dude. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's that mentality of the fan that's just going to, like, you know, we're all jumping to conclusions. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? It's like your favorite sports team. My favorite sports team went and spent a half a billion dollars this year on, on a team. Some of it didn't go through because Correa went back to Minnesota. But, like, you know, what's going to happen? Is the lineup going to – it got ranked like the fourth best lineup in baseball. Can it win a World Series? And, and you know, you, you armchair quarterback it. You know, this is fine. My beloved Vikings are in the playoffs against my second favorite team, the New York Football Giants. So now it's like, what do you do? You you know, you, can they do it? You know, it. But these are all armchair quarterback debates, which is fine. And I like the bet the back and forth, but the throwback is too. And I and I love you guys are so knowledgeable, and we're all funny in our own way. You know, we all have that sense of humor where we can you know post some st- sometimes stuff that's uh, passe. You know, can we do that? Can we allow ourselves to be funny and not offend anybody? Not in this day and age, probably. We're going to offend somebody. I've learned that years ago doing this podcast. That would, you know, no matter what we do, no matter how tongue-in-cheek stuff got on the show, we always offend somebody. But in the same breath, we've always tried to entertain you. And I think that's what WWE has done in the last 20 years is... Put their stank, put their label, put their put their uh, letterhead on sports entertainment. They do it better than everybody else. They produce it better than everybody else. They they distribute it better than everybody else, and they market it better than everybody else. Okay, I think some sports leagues should look into WWE's marketing people and, and especially the NHL. And I guarantee you, your audience will be will be bigger than than you know you would think. Otherwise, right? The the company probably 
if it is sold, it it won't be the same in terms of uh how it's kept, but the infrastructure should stay the same. You know, they, they should keep the people in check and and let keep letting Triple H and 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 what's his face the other con let those guys run it and let's just keep it a bean, man. It's not it, it's not a uh, it's not rocket science, you know. And listen, if you sell it, and if you sell it to the Arabs, this is another thing that was coming up. Not everybody likes to deal with the Arabs in the, in the world. So who's to say that Fox or Universal or Disney or any of these companies would give the WWE a rec- um uh, a TV deal? Who's to say? You know, it's it, it's. What what did my my grandmother used to tell me about you know not the uh, it's how, you know who you keep company with you know that's how you judged, and let's be let's be honest here you know these guys aren't the nicest of people. You know, morally, that's another question. I've seen people write on 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 social media. I'll stop watching if they sell it to the Arabs, and I'm like. Ugh. And this is this is goes into that argument again with the, not the argument but debates again. Like I remember a couple of years ago, like if something happens to your team, I'll give you a great example. Uh, the Jets when they brought Michael Vick in, and if you don't know Michael Vick, he's the guy, very famous quarterback, but he went to jail for running a dog fighting ring, you know, killing dogs and training dogs to kill the dogs, and it was disgusting. But he went to jail. He did his time, and Paid his debt, came back, Jets gave him a contract. Now, our boy Mike from the Midnight Jury, Mike's a huge Jets fan, right? Mike's like, I'm not watching the Jets as long as he's quarterback. He's an animal guy. He hated what he did, you know, and he couldn't forgive him. And I was like, you couldn't forgive So now my, uh, my devil's advocate was like, he paid his debt to society. But Mike took the moral route. Mike was like, no, nah, I'm not, I can't. I can't. I'm not comfortable rooting for somebody that that did that, that treated animals like that. And it goes to the same thing with 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 uh, with with um, Purple Jesus. Uh, you know, uh, Adrian Peterson. I got three Adrian Peterson jerseys in my closet. I have not worn them in almost a decade. Why? Because he publicly was called out on beating his kids with with like whips and. and with with which with uh with switches and belts and shit like you know, and I'm a victim of child abuse. So I I I took it. So I went to the I went the moral route, and he didn't go and publicly say he was sorry. He didn't go to, to counseling. He didn't. He just kept beating his kids. And I'm like, yo, man, I can't wear a kid beat his uh t-shirt uh jersey. So I kind of understand the the moral aspect of it. A uh, women. W- Listen, women in pro wrestling now, in sports entertainment too, they are, without a doubt, on the forefront now. They're showcased better. They're respected more in terms of their peers. And there's a market for it now. So now, what? What? how, how does that happen if the Arabs buy the company? Where women aren't respected in that country. Where women have to cover their bodies and they have to cover their faces and they can't, they don't have any rights. Like, are you kidding me? 
You can't have a, a little girl watching, you know, a, a Charlotte Flair match while she's in a jumpsuit covering her whole body. Her whole, whole gimmick is the costume. Her father's Ric Flair. You know, Oscar with the mask and the whole gimmick. Naomi, when she was wrestling, she had the whole gimmick with the with the glow and the and and the, and the light up shoes and all that crap, right? I mean, you, I mean, it, it's a more and then just the, and then and it goes back and forth and like my Twitter feed melted, Instagram melted, Facebook melted, TikTok was ridiculous. Guys and girls posting videos from their car. I love when guys, I love when wrestling podcasters and and content creators they get in their car and they scream and yell at the camera, you know. I, if I'm going to scream and yell, I'm going to do it in, in this kind of way. I'm not going to sit in a car and do it, you know. But that's just me. I don't know. Um, I'm different. What am I going to do, right? But the the mindset of some of these fans is just astounding. Like, astounding. I don't see uh, a, you know, a viable... Uh, retort when it comes to certain things with, with with fans, and I just I just keep myself open to listen, you know, because really no one's wrong and no one's right at this point, you know. There's no fact, nothing's factual either. This is all hearsay that Vince came back to, just to sell the company, you know. I know Vince came back to to rewrite the bylaws to make him a decision maker in, in terms of TV deals and shit like that. That that was documented. He came in and revised like a 60, 70 page uh, in the bylaws about how the main shareholder is allowed to make these kind of decisions in terms of finances. I mean, we've all cried for Vince's departure forever, right? So when he left, it was like, great, good. Let Triple H and Stephanie handle it. Let them run the shit. Let them take care of it. You know, and then when he came back, oh, it's done. Nothing's going to happen. Vince is back. Da, 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 da. Listen, if he's not sitting in Gorilla on Monday Night Raw, if he's not hanging backstage to pay-per-view trying to run the show, I'd say that's a win. If he has nothing to do with the day-to-day operations of World Wrestling Entertainment, it's fine. They got bigger fish to fry. You got to get a TV deal again. You got to... Broaden, you know this 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 market is so saturated. And I again, and I'm not a ratings guy. I was never a ratings guy. I never put myself. I mean, in, during the during the the Monday Night Wars, it was it was everything. But no one watches wrestling anymore except for wrestling fans. So if you barely get a million viewers a week or a million five, or you, listen, you have wrestling on four days a week right now. You got Raw. You got NXT, you got A five days. You got NXT, AEW, Impact, Sprinkle in New Japan on Thursdays, and you get SmackDown on Fridays. Not counting the endless amount of indie fed that stream their little feds on Fight and uh, I the uh, I am TV thingy and and you know. Bleacher Report, these things, it's oversaturated. Oversaturated. Ladies and gentlemen, there's enough to go around. If you don't like it, don't watch it. I like it. 
I like what they're doing on Friday nights. You know, I like some of that stuff. But then again, it's like if they buy and if the again, and then you got main guys with religious and political beliefs that won't go to to to, to even perform in Saudi Arabia. Guys like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens and and a bunch of other cats. Sami Zayn is a Middle Eastern cat from Canada. And he's not too keen on what they're doing over there. A lot of people aren't. And, you know, as a performer, you want to perform for the crowd and you want to be compensated because, you you know, that's, that's your livelihood. That's how you make your money. Same breath, though. No one should have to compromise their beliefs to make a living. And I, I you know, I was told if you get a job that you like, you'll never be unhappy you know, and, I, and when I first started my career 24 years ago this month, actually, matter of fact, the anniversary is Monday, uh, my first paid day as an EMT, 24 years ago. Um, I can't, I mean, you get burnt out, you get mad, the system sucks, healthcare is terrible to begin with, you're, you're in this constant cycle of, and on the administrative side, forget it, it's just, a, it's a war, you know, you got there's so many people who are smart people involved in the inside of it that no one's going to have a, a clear uh, agreement on certain things and how certain things should go. With this, though, it's different because with this, it's like you know, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't have to curb my beliefs to to do my career. I don't have to curb my moral fiber to do my career. But these guys and girls, if they're, if they're, you know, what. They're from different parts of the world. They're from different ethnicities and nationalities. They've been, and I'm sure, uh, any kind of conflict that the that the United States has had, maybe it's affected them. You know, what if you have a person from uh, the Ukraine right now that's wrestling? Nobody's doing tours over there. Half that country is in shambles right now. No one's going to Russia. That country is is so corrupt, you know. It's probably like five thousand nine million rubles for a loaf of bread. It's not a political podcast, but you get my point, right? You get it's not. Uh, the fans need to know it's not. It's not about them per se. It is and it isn't. It's an oxymoron. It's but it, it, it's about the fans, but it isn't. Okay, the fans make it work. The fans make it happen. The fans are why the product is still uh, a commodity on television. Why would you not put wrestling on TV? Especially what's what's going on. I mean, listen, I, I'm a sucker for a good story. And if there's a good story being told by really good performers, why not? Why not? You know? So... We'll monitor this to the best of our knowledge, and we'll keep everybody posted, obviously. And everybody's reading the internet as is, you know. So I, I'm listen. I'm I'm part of that generation where it's like I, I'm old enough to decipher my my fandom and my beliefs, or my fandom and my disdain for the politics. I have friends who haven't watched baseball since 1994 because of the because of the, that one strike they had 
I mean, they've struck they've struck it two or three times after that. But I have friends who will not watch baseball because they did them wrong in one year. And that's it. I got friends who won't watch football. Matter of fact, I have a family member who was a season ticket holder to the Jets, and he won't watch a game anymore because of the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement and the whole stand that they took against that. I'm not against it before that. And the whole taking a knee thing. And he was like, you know what? That's not that's not my thing. You know, he's an American. He's proud. He's a, he was a civil servant before he retired. He served his city. He served his country. And he feels like that that's a disrespectful thing, you know, that people don't stand up for the anthem. But, again, his opinion. But he won't watch a Jet game. Like, had season tickets to Willie Joe Namath at Chase Stadium, him and his dad. He will not go to a game, will not even watch a game with us at all, ever. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't, you know, we're going to talk about Chris Benoit tonight. This is like three or four years before he killed himself and his family and went crazy. But we're going to acknowledge the talent, not the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, I could differentiate that. A lot of people can't. A lot of people can't do that. And I, and I'm, and listen, I'm not, all I'm saying is if you're going to do it, if you're going to take a stand like that, don't just do it for WWE or just don't do it for the Major League Baseball. Do it for everything that coincides with your beliefs being disrespected or your, your, your way of life being compromised. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't don't be one of those people that just you know pick. I have friends who are like uh, they they I'm gonna be a vegetarian. All of a sudden, you know they don't like the treatment of animals. You've been eating fucking meat for thirty years, but all of a sudden, no. I'm sorry. You know if it's a health thing, I get it, but don't take a stand for because it's fancy because it's it's an in thing to do. Don't do that. Please don't do that. And don't tell me it, it it's not the same thing because it is the same thing. It 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 most certainly is the same thing. And if you're gonna do that with with wrestling, what kind of a fan are you? Take a stand. I might ask you to choose a side because that's different. You can agree with somebody and still you could disagree. I'm sorry. You could disagree with someone and still invest in a product. You know. And I'm and I'm just one of those guys. I'm old enough now to appreciate what it's done for me as a fan. And I don't like sixty percent of it, but that forty percent is why I still do the podcast. That forty percent is the reason why I'm still watching all the time. That forty percent is the reason why I am a fan forever for life. I won't stop watching unless I physically can't anymore. We have a lot of friends who, you know, stopped watching when they were kids, when they were grown up, when they became a grown up. Oh, you still watch that? Oh, yeah, I remember that. They don't watch it no more. Doesn't pique their interest. It's fine. Some of us never stop watching, <laughs> no matter how busy we got. That's it. That's how it goes. That's just how the cookie crumbles, and it's what, it's what makes me happy about the sport, man. Where's my let me get my paper here? Okay, I mentioned that, I mentioned that. Yeah. I watched a little bit of Raw on Monday on the way home from work. 
And uh, I don't know. They got a lot of cool things going on, but it's not a lot of cool things, I should say. But the one cool thing I did enjoy was that they're doing this whole bringing Cody back and the whole the whole video thing of his uh, his rehab and the surgery. And that should be interesting. And, of course, the Royal Rumble is in two weeks. And it's then it's the road to WrestleMania. And it's already here. And, and you know, with the way WrestleMania is structured now, you know, I still feel like they don't put enough effort into storytelling, which is preposterous because they have enough talent to do that. Um, but what are you going to do? You know, Lashley came back to speak, the whole U.S. title thing with uh, with Seth Rollins and Theory, whatever. I, I do I do like uh, Seth Rollins, what he's doing. I do like Theory. I like him a lot. You know, I wish Matt Riddle would f- clean his shit up, you know, and stop being a douchebag personally and not let that shit leak into his, his, his professional life. Because, you know, this is like, he reminds me of Billy Martin. Billy Martin was an amazing ball player, and then he was a flawed manager because he kept, he wanted to party. He wanted he wanted all the extracurricular shit that went along with being an athlete and then a ma- and then a and then a, a manager of, of of a team, you know where, you know where you could see that with with him. You know he he's such a good talent. You know he's such a good talent, and he oh god. When they first brought him in with the whole flip-flops and the NXT, I was like, this kid's an MMA fighter, and he could talk. He's got that Rob Van Dam stoner type thing with him, Matt Riddle, but it's like, I, I, there's a guy that you can put the company, you put the company could invest in him, and he could be a champion, and, but they won't. Kevin Owens is still my guy, you know? And I'm glad I was watching Flair on uh, Steve Austin's podcast, and Flair was like, that's a good kid right there. And they're right. Kevin Owens did everything right. He did he he you know, not the not the world's greatest looking athlete, but he's an athlete. And he's a sports entertainer now. And that goes into uh you know, the whole you know, can certain guys get get away with it, get it, you know, are you are you an entertainer or are you a wrestler? Okay. And then when you become these things, are you a heel? Or are you a baby face or are you a tweener? And I was I listened to a lot of Busted Open this week and I and I tortured myself because I love Dave LaGreca. You know, I'm not a big fan of uh, Thunder Rosa. Uh Tommy Dreamer can, you know, I can do it, you know, it's either here or there with him. I'm not I'm not, I'm indifferent. But with Bully Ray, my my personal disdain for him, uh I won't I won't discredit anything if he says something that I agree with, right? Just because I don't like him. But he's got a title match tonight on uh, on Impact's pay per view, Hard to Kill, right? And against Josh Alexander for the for the for the Impact title. And they've been, you know, it's been back and forth. The story's really, really good. He got the the wife got involved. Josh's wife got involved. Bully punched fucking Scott Tamore. Like it got real heated to the point where it's gonna boil over tonight. Fine. You know, no matter where it goes, right? The story's told, and Bully Ray did the right did the right thing. But he said something to me, uh, not to me, but he said something to the, to, to the audience, to the to the, the busted open uh, universe there. Um, 
he was like, you know, the heels who are funny are not really heels. You know, the heels that, that say clever things and they make the crowd laugh and make them chant or sing. Those guys are good performers, but they're not real heels. Heels get heel heat. Now, he said this for MJF. He said it for Jericho. He said it for a bunch of guys, you know? That's where it... it, it, it I don't know. Um, but I'm, I'm very intrigued by this. Yeah, it, it intrigues me because, you know, he's like, well, you know, those guys aren't heels. Jericho's not a heel because he gets the, the crowd to sing the, the Judas song with him. I mean, MGF's not a really good he, uh, a real heel because he, he like the other night, he was, uh, they were in California, he was picking on celebrities in ringside and stuff like that. And says all these clever shits and goes with the fans. And, I, I, you know, at, fir- at first I was like, oh yeah, he's he's got something there, he's right. But then, I'm thinking about it. And I think about where the where where the sport is gone, where the where the 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 art is gone, and I've said this to and Hannah and I have had this conversation where you know we like you know, not everybody's gonna get Roddy Piper heat, you know, not everybody's gonna get that kind of heat, that Ric Flair heat. No one's gonna get that. So how much, you know, how much stock does can you can a fan put in a heel that doesn't? Make the fans hate you. So now do you want now it's like a mobster thing. You want to be loved or you want to be hated, you want to be respected. I, I I'm 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 gonna say like if you're gonna it, it depends on the story, right? It depends on the storyline. Like if the story calls for you being a real asshole, like Bully Ray was right now to Josh Alexander, like he got in his head, he fucking Went to beat up his wife, and he beat up Scott Demore, and and you know he he got his attention, he got his head, and that was the whole point, right? And no one's really rooting for Bully Ray in terms of the fans. They're like, you know, boo, you know. Do you want the boos as a performer, or do you want that that heel crowd screaming for you? The crowd shouldn't be screaming for you, he says. The crowd shouldn't. The crowd wants to hate the crowd. You know, is it the the horseman heat when they broke Dusty's leg? You know what I'm saying? In in, in the Omni, like they couldn't even make it out of the arena. They had to get they had to get they had to wait like four hours before the crowd was they incited a riot. That's not gonna happen anymore. But you see my point. But he had a valid point. I just don't know if it's the same thing. And he's old school, and he's and he's got that mentality of, uh, you know. I you know I for me I'm just I'm indifferent because I I feel like he's right but he's wrong at the same time and I don't know for me I I I understand what he's coming coming from but I think it just depends on the performer now at this point you know so you know um but speaking of AEW. It's been uh it's been a hot minute since uh we saw Adam Cole in a in a ring. We thought we weren't gonna see him again. And uh guess who makes their return? So let's take you now to uh Adam Cole, baby. 
in Los Angeles. It's great being back at the Kia Forum, but I need to say this, I take no pleasure in welcoming our next guests. You know it's all about that reaction now he was a heel but now he comes back and this happens soak it in cold <laughs> who's ready for story time with adam cole baby Seriously, you, you guys have no idea how badly I wanted to say that today. So I have, though. I, I've been thinking all day, literally all day, about what exactly I was going to say when I came out here. And I think the best way to describe this, this conversation we're about to have is this is a good news, bad news type situation. Uh, but, but let me start with the good news, because after everything that's gone on these past few months, I have a whole new appreciation, not just for pro wrestling, but for my life. When I was nine years old, all I ever wanted to do was be a professional wrestler, and I've got to do some really, really awesome stuff. One of them being, I'm here at AEW, the best pro wrestling company on the planet in Los Angeles. It also made me realize how much I, I miss getting to be here. Uh, because the past few months, I was really, really banged up, everybody. I, I had a shoulder that was torn to shreds. More importantly, I had two back-to-back -back very serious head injuries. And I'm gonna be honest, I was, I was really, really scared. I was seeing doctors multiple times a week. I was getting MRIs done to my brain. I had headaches. I had dizzy spells multiple times a day. If I was in a car for more than 15 minutes, I felt like, and sometimes did, vomit. But, but the worst part, the worst part was the sleep. Uh, because I would lay there, emotions all over the place, anxiety high, and I couldn't figure out why. I'd have to get up at three, four in the morning and pace back and forth with my heart racing out of my chest. Britt would wake up and go, oh my God, are you okay? What's wrong? And I would look at her with a tear in my eye and said, I don't know what's happening to me.
The thing is, none of you knew what was happening to me either, but so many of you were there for me. Seriously, every single day, I'd read things like, I miss Adam Cole. I hope Adam Cole is recovering all right. I don't care if... I don't care if Adam Cole never wrestles again. I just want him to be okay. And that meant the world to me. Because pro wrestling, at the end of the day, pro wrestling is a give and take type of situation. We give you everything that we have, the fights of our lives, and in turn, you show us appreciation. I had given you nothing, nothing for six months, but you were still there for me. For that, I am eternally grateful. Thank you. But now for the bad news. The thing is, the bad news, it's not for me. The bad news is for the AEW locker room because Adam Paul is back. My career was over. I thought for sure I was finished. Instead, I stand before you today saying, no way, I ain't done yet. Because I have been one of the best damn pro wrestlers on the planet for 15 years, and I will not stop. I will not stop until I am the very best. I've accomplished a lot of amazing things here in AEW, but let's get real. Adam Cole hasn't even scratched the surface on what he's capable of. I want everybody, everyone in this building, everyone at home, I want you to remember this day. This is a day where the new Adam Cole is born. And Adam Cole, who will make a promise. One day, no matter how long it takes, one man will be at the top of the mountain here in AEW. And Los Angeles, his name? Wow, what a moment, oh. what a return for Adam Cole. That's great news. It is great news, Taz. And shut up, Excalibur. No one likes you. You see my point, though. This guy, one of my, what? This is what these. This is my guy. You know, you guys all know I've loved Adam Cole since Jump Street, uh, from Pro Wrestling Gorilla to Ring of Honor to New Japan, WWE now to AEW. Right? That's my guy. Undersized. He he's this generation Shawn Michaels. Period. I'm sorry. I it's a big it's a big step to say. 
You guys can debate me on it, but that's that's the guy. Now, do you take him seriously as a face? That just sold me. If I'm if I'm a casual fan and I'm not a big Adam Cole fan and I'm not being biased like I am right now, but if I'm if I'm a casual fan, and I see that I'm like, wow, this guy came back. He was hurt. He almost had to retire. He almost had to give up his livelihood. You know, his girlfriend's the biggest one of the biggest heels in the company, but now he's a babyface. So is he a ba- is can he is you know can that happen? According to Bully Ray, no. Because you have to have the fans hate you. The fans don't hate the heels anymore, man. It's not like that. They don't get the heel heat no more. I I I would love to see that happen, but it doesn't happen no more. But now I'm intrigued. He's going to climb his way to the top. He'll be world champion. Mark my words. And that's the way it should be. And then when they signed him, that was probably their plan from Jump Street. But he got hurt. You know? And I loved him every step of the way. I did. He's one of my guys. I'm 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 an Adam Cole mark. Everybody knows it. I got the T shirt to prove it. Uh I had two shirts at one point. I think I don't know what the hell the other shirt is. Those are all I have to get to, I have to get a new uh, Adam Cole shirt from AEW. But he's back, baby. But that's my point. Like this guy's a, a full fledged heel, comes back and the game is switched. He switched the entire game and now the fans are with him. Now the fans were with him as a as a heel too, because he aligned himself with the Young Bucks. He aligned himself with Red Dragon. He aligned himself with certain guys and, and, and girls and all the time. And this whole thing, he won the tournament. Him and his girl won. They won this respective tournaments. The Owen Hart thingy that they had that that nonsense. But he's the guy. Shawn Michaels did it. Shawn Michaels was a heel. Face, heel, DX, like, you know, back and forth. That's the, that's what he did. For me, though, it's like I'm not, listen, I'm okay with it, but I kind of agree with what Bully Ray said. But I understand, but I'm also the, the guy that 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 understands that the that the that the the industry is not built like that anymore. It's not structured like that anymore. It's not what these it's not what they, you know, it's not what goes on anymore no one hates these people anymore like that back in the day it was kayfabe and people thought these guys were like really hurting each other they would jump the guardrails, rails and old old ladies at ringside would use their hairpins and poke the, the heel at, at ringside through the barriers you know Jim Cornette that famous story with Jim Cornette where he gets fucking pummeled by a fan and Dusty had to make the save you know, and then when Cornette got up, he he went to kick the guy who was who who attacked him, but he kicked the cop instead. <laughs> but I I don't know. I like the perspective, but I I and at the same time I don't. So I don't know. But anyway, I think I said enough about this. We're gonna take a quick break. We got the time here. Okay, it's almost an hour. Shit. Let's take a quick break. Let's plug our pals. And uh, we got a cool throwback for you tonight. And uh, we'll do that right right after the break. Lord Alfred Hayes, you know what to do, buddy. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you tired of being uninformed? Together, we can change all of that. Experience a podcast like you've never heard before. You'll gain knowledge, have some laughs, 
because we believe this is the last AEW podcast you'll ever need. Join us every Wednesday night at 10.15 p.m. on RantEMRadio.com and Facebook Live. We can also be found on all major podcast forums as part of the Shining Wizards Network. So stop listening to inferior AEW podcasts and bring a new podcast into your life by joining us. Join the Mark Order Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at MarkOrderPod and on Facebook.com slash MarkOrderPod. Don't forget to tag us on social media and use hashtag JoinTheMarkOrder because if you don't find us, we will find you. The Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of being told what to think and believe by Hollywood elites and politicians who just don't care about you? Tired of not getting the truth when you watch the news? Tired of trying to figure out what pronoun to use? Tired of mob mentality when all you want to do is think for yourself and make up your own mind? That's where we come in. This is Justin. And Vince. Your host of Inconclusive Breakdown. We are a weekly anti-PC podcast bringing you entertainment and current event news without any spin. If you want to truly stay informed on what's going on in the world, then give us a listen every Sunday, anywhere you get podcasts, at least till Zuckerberg and Twitter Jack deplatform us. And as always, we're proud members of the Shining Wizards Network. Tired of the PC police telling you what you can and cannot say? Want a show that travels back to the 80s and 90s where the badass hosts have beaten down cancel culture on three separate occasions and carried on to gloat about it? Since 2013, The Midnight Jury is that show. Travel back to the malls and arcades, pop in your VHS, and join us where the 80s and 90s return from the dead. Conan, tell them where to find us. WLWstudios.com, home of the Midnight Jury podcast, hosted by Midnight Mike and Calvin Brody. Also available on all major podcast platforms via the Shining Wizards Network, and join in the conversation on Twitter at Midnight Jury. I am Jacques. And I'm Raymond. And we're, we're the, the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers. Brothers. And you're listening to the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. Yeah. WrestleMania, you want it over and over and over again. That 
that's the ultimate dream is that bell rings and you're standing across the ring looking at another guy and you guys are the main event at the biggest event that there is it couldn't mean anymore tonight at the royal rumble big papa pump freakzilla gets a chance to prove that he belongs in the main event at wrestlemania that's my all-time ultimate dream to headline wrestlemania if you win the royal rumble you're in the main event at wrestlemania tonight i'm carving my spot at wrestlemania and i will not be denied the road to wrestlemania the road to wrestlemania the road to wrestlemania starts tonight Oh yeah, we're back. Here comes the pain, bitches. Yes, episode 472 of the Turnbuckle Throwbacks. It's your boy Philly Ray back in the fold. Um, we got some cool episodes for you coming up in the next couple of weeks. I got some good content lined up. I did some homework this year. I'm gonna do some more homework this year. I got you know, I always know what I want to do. But I would, you know, I would sporadically um, share the ideas with whoever's co-hosting with me. And we'd come up with, you know, a game plan, which is fine. But, you know, being by myself, I kind of, like, focused on a lot of shit at the same time. And I and I was overwhelmed. I'm like, you know what? Just start writing this shit down. Like, like really write it down. Not just write down the, the, the show syllabuses. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we got some really cool content for you guys. So keep it locked for the next several weeks and. uh I'm sure we'll do some stuff with the rant for WrestleMania. It's going to be a great couple of weeks, man. Uh, 2023. Not starting off well for celebrities, though. Lisa Marie Presley, the the, the Elvis's daughter, died yesterday. Evil Knievel's kid died yesterday. A lot of kids, a lot of famous people's kids dying. But anyway, we are the Turnbuckle Throwbacks, and this is our throwback of the week. Let's play the music. And now, here is your throwback of the week, sponsored by the Shining Wizards Network and Rant EM Radio. All right, boys and girls, kicking it back to... January 19th, 2003, from the Fleet Center, the old Boston Gardens in Boston, Massachusetts. It's a fine facility, by the way. I saw some Bruins hockey there several years ago. 14712 paid, okay, for the 2003 Royal Rumble. Uh, buy rate was one4 which I, Choppy's not here, he usually does this, but I think it's 1.4 million buys. And uh, 
Good stuff, man. Very good stuff. This car, I had fun watching this, actually. This was a good time. This is the, the coming out party for Brock Lesnar. Fantastic. Uh, your opening contest was with Brock Lesnar against the big show who's now aligned himself with Paul Heyman, who he turned on Brock in storyline. And the winner gets the, uh, the what do you call it, the, get the end of the Royal Rumble. Uh, winner enters the Royal Rumble, and that's pretty much what it was. And um, it was a very out of shape big show, you know. Uh, but the fact that that Brock was just throwing him around with those suplexes was ridiculous. He was tossing him, and he, I, I'm sure show I'm sure show gave him a. a a bit of a hand with it though, but like, dude, it was just, uh, I don't know. It was, it was six and a half minutes long, and I, it was almost six minutes, almost six and a half minutes long. And I got to tell you, it was so much fun. You know, Big Show, I love Big Show, you know, but Brock, being Brock at this point, very young, brash Brock, tossing him around was fantastic. So Brock gets to get to the War Rumble. It's pretty cool. All right. The World Tag Team title match. Uh, by the way, uh, SmackDown and Raw had separate um, announcers. So it was uh, Michael Cole and Taz for SmackDown. And, of course, uh, Jim, good old JR, Jim Ross, and, and uh, Jerry the King Waller doing the Raw shit. Um, and, again, just really good, though. The Dudleys going up against the champions, Lance Storm and, Re- and William Regal. I forgot that they were uh, champions, William Regal and Lance Storm. What a good team. Uh they tried keeping the match in the ring. They tried keeping it, you know, legit. But the Dullies weren't having it there. Those guys are brawlers. And uh, this is, uh, you know, kind of their coming out party, too. After the whole tables, ladders, and chairs thing with the with the Hardys, you know. Uh, and Edge and Christian. This was... Uh, this was actually a solid match. It went seven and seven minutes, twenty six seconds, and this is the first of many tag team title reigns for the Dudleys. They won the titles. I think this is their first or second one. Now, the next match, okay, uh, was Tory Wilson and Dawn Marie, and I got to tell you, this was uh, really, 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 really like. Almost hard to watch at this point. So the, in storyline, I'll play this right now. In storyline, Dawn Marie was dating Tori's real-life dad, Al. And he had died. So let's, let's, let's take you now to the... Let's, just, let's watch the... Uh, let's hear the video. This is really... This is really... This was fun. A week ago, I was the happiest woman in the world. I married my sweetheart, Al Wilson. And despite all the jealousy and all the interference of some of his family members, Al and I, we still fell in love. I want you to be happy, but you're being used. Don Marie is making you look ridiculous. Why can't you see it? We were on our honeymoon. Everything was so perfect. Al, are you ready? Come in here. Yeah. Again, Al, come on. Oh. Oh, my God. Al. Honey. I'm feeling frisky. 
Al? And Al, Al's pissed. He's gone. I loved Al Wilson so much. And that's why I will respect his wishes. And I will present to you the public viewing of Al Wilson. <laughs> you said you would take care of me forever. Tori, the longer you stand here doing this, the more these people are going to see straight through you. I can't believe you actually think you're going to make these people believe that you loved your father. You didn't give a damn about your father. You didn't want your father to marry me. You didn't want your father to be happy. All you cared about was yourself. You killed your father. You did. Crazy, right? So she, she, there. <laughs> Domery hits her with a, with a, with a, a vase. Oh, not a vase, a, a lamp. <laughs> and then comes out with a black ma- veil over her face for the match. And these girls aren't that very, they're not very good. So, um, let's take it to the end of this because, I mean, it, it, it was a little anticlimactic, but at least Tori got the win, but she got her revenge. So let's take it down to that match, to the, the end of the match. What this victory actually means to Tori here tonight. It means nothing. Well, I, I don't know. Not in bad taste, but she got the win. She picked up the win, but she can't bring her father back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just very anticlimactic. Um, so now we all know that the struggle with Stephanie and uh, McMahon and, of course, Eric Bischoff, managers of SmackDown and Raw. Uh, they're having a beef. And it escalates in the back. We can go to that right now once Tori leaves the ring. Tori Wilson looks good, though. Here's, here's Stephanie. Let's take it out. This is pretty cool, actually. Eric Bischoff talking to a young Randy Orton. Hi, Randy. How you doing? Very good, Stephanie. How are Excuse you? me. I'm good. Excuse You're me. Looking well. Shoulders healing. Break this up, if I may. We'll talk to you uh, later on. Okay, Eric. Take care. Eric. I just came to say goodbye. Where are you going? Well, I'm not going anywhere, but uh, it seems like Vince said he was going to fire you in 30 days. And, you know, it's, it's been fun. But, you know, speaking of 30 days, a desperate man calls for desperate measures. So I'm just wondering what your uh, bombshell might be. Well, Stephanie, 
it's not just a bombshell. It's an atomic bombshell. And if I were you, I'd wipe that smirk off your face. I mean, what makes you think your job is so secure? <laughs> well, first of all, since I am the more successful GM, and before my job gets threatened, I've got a bombshell of my own that I'm going to drop this Thursday night on SmackDown. Oh, really? Mm-hmm, that's right. And in case, you know, in case you were wondering, I am a McMahon. And in terms of my job security, blood is thicker than, well, in your case, blood is thicker than urine. Oh. Steph, 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 so crass. Well, I call it like I see it. But maybe what you're really trying to say is blood is thicker than water. But let me remind, let me remind you of another saying, mm -hmm. that being that money is much thicker than blood. We'll see. Oh, yes, we will. Battling GMs, King. Well, you got that right. Oh, boy. All right. Take it to our next next feature contest. Oh, this, let's see. Those are the Sean O'Hare. Prayers. Hit the snooze. You'll go next week. Hell, don't even go at all. If God is everywhere, why should we even go to church if he's sitting right next to you on the couch? Who even knows if there is a God anyway? The church is nothing but a farce, a way to judge you. You have to take control of your own life. You are your only judge. Save yourself the headache. Do something more valuable with your time. And if there is a God, he'll forgive you. Hey, I'm not telling you anything that you don't already know. Man, if they, if he didn't have the problems he had, they would, they could have invested more time in him. He was a pretty good talent. Uh, but that could have been somewhere. I feel every time I think about him or I see him in a in a clip like this, I get sad because his life was cut short way too soon in life, and he was really really good at what he was doing. Um, your next match though was for the world heavyweight championship. Triple H, the game with Ric Flair in his corner, Evolution defending against Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner, and we got some uh, some highlights for that. Let's take you down to that. And I'll beat him in that. But it's got to be going through the head of Triple H right now. And he wants to have a pose down. Oh, wow. That's pretty impressive. Damn right it is. But not as impressive as Big Papa Pump. Look at that. And I'll beat him in that. Arm wrestling and now pose down and now, and now push-ups. All leading to the Royal Rumble. something to you, Steiner. I don't give a crap about arm wrestling. I don't care about pose downs. What I care about is sitting right on my shoulder. It's the World Heavyweight Championship. And this Sunday, I will prove to you that I am the man and that I am that damn good. Well, you're that damn good. Why wait till Sunday night? I think the talking has ended.
little new, new little new medal there for you. Yep. So this went 17 minutes actually. Well, it wasn't a bad match. I remember being happy that I was I was, I was actually happy that Scott Stein was here. Um I was pretty excited though. I'm not going to lie about it. I was pretty excited. Let's take it to the end of this match though cuz this 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 gets really really brutal at the end. Rick Flair's at ringside, of course. Let's see here. Let's see here. Hold on one second. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see one second. All right. Take it to the end here. Here we go. Flair screaming out instructions, telling Triple H what to do, but he's trying. Believe me, he's trying, Nate. Suplex by the game again. Hope men have, have decided to focus on the lower back of their adversaries. Oh, look at this. Oh, you want everybody to stand up? Why? Wow. He's like the biggest cheerleader. Lights down. Sitting on that top turnbuckle. What's he going to do next? Trying to mix his way back up. Uh oh. And the game just got suplexed. He may have been suplexed right out of the world title with that one. Not a ride for Blake Joy. That is not what Flair. Flair's like a, a, a coach. He can't believe it. Still, Big Papa Pump is so much has been taken out of him. He's a somehow mountainous offensive here. Hopeman now trading blows like this uh, This match started. And Steiner got the better of the situation then. He did on this occasion as well. That's not a match that Triple H is going to win. Raise a big right hand with Big Papa Pump. You're not going to beat Steiner in a power match. And that's what Triple H has tried to wrestle thus far. Gets to gets to disqualify Triple H for using the sledgehammer. Triple H just tries to use it on uh, Big Pop Pump, but he is is um is unsuccessful. And of course, Scott Steiner retaliates, beats up uh, Ric Flair and Triple H with the with the sledgehammer. And uh, so Scott Steiner doesn't win the belt, but he wins by disqualification. Again, decent match. You know, Scotty was you know limited at this point because he's he, he got so big. 
wasn't the same guy he was back as a tag team wrestler, but he was still a commodity. And you know what? Triple H gave him a really good match, man. It's just a really solid, good thing for them at the time. Um, and of course, uh, let's see what's the next match here. I think the next match is the Rumble, right? Oh no, this is for the WWE Championship. Uh, this is a uh, Kurt Angle against Chris Benoit. Benjamin and Haas in Angle's corner. So let's take you to that. That that's that's this is a re- probably the match of the night actually. This um this went let's see se- a little over seventeen minutes. Really really solid though. Really solid. Let's take it to the end of that. Wait one second. Let's have to queue it up. Blah blah blah. Da, da, da. This is why I should just make audio clips of this shit, but I don't, you know, what are you going to do? Let's just, yeah, this is good right here. There you go. gave him a fucking match. It's just, again, another sad, sad thing to think about with Chris Benoit. You know, he was so good at what he did. You know what I'm saying? And the, the toll that the 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 the, uh, the job took on him and his body, and he and he reacted so terribly and, and tragically, you know? But uh, good seeing Kurt Angle at his peak right now. Benjamin and Haas in his corner. These guys were Team Angle. Loved the angle. Loved the gimmick. No pun intended. And uh, that went 17 minutes, 18 minutes, 17 uh, minutes, 18 seconds. Kurt Angle retains the WWE Championship, and now it's the big, the big time, the Raw Rumble. Let's uh, let's give you the participants, shall we? Uh, B two, Batista, Bill Demott, Booker T, Brock Lesnar, Bubba Ray, Charlie Haas, Chavo Guerrero, Chris Benoit, Chris Jericho, Christian, Chris Nowinski, Devon. Eddie Guerrero, Edge, Goldust, Jamal, Jeff Hardy, John Cena, Kane, Matt Hardy, version one, Maven, Rey Mysterio, uh, Rob Van Dam, Rosie, Shannon Moore, Shawn Michaels, Tajiri, Test, A-Train, Albert, uh, Big uh, um, Undertaker, Tommy Dreamer, and that's pretty much it. Uh... That, but that again, just that that 
that Ben Wyangle match was so good. Let's take you uh, to the end of the Raw Rumble, and because it's an hour long. Oh no, you know let's see, let's see. Oh well, we can see the the, the promo first with Kane and, and Rob Van Dam. Let's do that. Wow, well, but tonight it's both of us in the Royal Rumble. Right now, two years ago, I was in the Rumble for an hour, and I came this close, one man short of winning the whole thing. So make no mistake about it. Tonight, if you're the one man that stands between me and winning the Royal Rumble, I will not hesitate to eliminate you. Hey, that's cool, man. Totally understandable. I got it. Every man for himself, right? In fact, you should do whatever you feel is necessary to ensure your victory, dude. Because you can be damn sure I'm going to do what it takes to make sure the winner of tonight's Royal Rumble is Rob Van Dam. Sorry about that. Yeah, so there we go. All right. Of course, Chris Jericho draws number one with Shawn Michaels. They had a thing going on for a while, too. Um, I'll take you now to the end of this. This is really good. Let's see here. So now we got Batista, Kane, and Brock Lesnar left in the ring. Oh, look at that. Oh, there's a belly overhead. Get away, Batista. Get away. 317 pound. Stay out of the way. Oh, no. Lesnar. Lesnar is a second pick. Oh, pep flies. Kane. And the Undertaker, of course. Batista's eliminated. 
Brock Lesnar wins the 2003 Raw Rumble, uh, and he gets his main event shot at WrestleMania 2003, which we'll cover on this podcast in the next couple of months. Our friends at WhatCoach.com gave us uh, top 10 facts about the 2003 Raw Rumble that you may have not known. And let's get to that right now. Number 10, Tori Wilson, Dawn Marie Angle was supposed to keep going. Um, it was an angle made for WrestleCrap. Of course, Dawn Marie begins a relationship with Tori Wilson's middle-aged father, Al. Uh, and Tori doesn't like it one bit. Dawn and Al get married, of course. We know Al dies in a sex-induced heart attack on a honeymoon. It was pretty awful, but, you know, either way. Tori defeated Dawn in a terrible match, right? And according to Dawn Marie, um, the angle was supposed to drag on and involve Tori Wilson's brother as well as attorneys. Alas, it was not meant to be, though. So, thank God, too. Number nine, Triple H, Scott Steiner were both compromised by injuries. I didn't know that. Uh, Steiner had an excuse. In 2002, Big Pop Pump was diagnosed with a drop foot syndrome in which one of his feet were in a paralytic state. Physical therapy was recommended, but he didn't improve his condition until he had surgery in 2005. Meanwhile, Steiner signed with that WWE that October and says he informed him of that they still was on amends from it. Meanwhile, Triple H had a partially torn quadricep in his right leg, suffered in December. However, decided to give the two rusty, uh, less mobile heavyweights an eighteen almost eighteen minute match. Though, so there you go. That's pretty cool. I didn't know that. The, I knew about that. I didn't know Triple H was hurt. I forgot about Triple H being hurt. All right. The next one. Let's see, number number eight. The office immediately gave up on Steiner following the match. Uh, according to Lance Storm, who began working house shows with Scott Steiner shortly after No Way Out, veteran agent Jack Lanza said to him that the office was through trying to push Steiner. He was told by Lanza that they were just getting whatever the hell they could out of him. Uh, and in their match, if it entailed just working two or three minute matches, the decision makers clearly no longer had faith in Steiner to be worth anything. Amazingly, though, Steiner lasted with the company until 2004. His last appearance was in the 2004 Rumble match, and it wasn't released until August of that year. So there you go. I didn't know that. Interesting. Number seven, Angle and Benoit nearly won the Wrestler Observer's Match of the Year in 2003. That uh, makes sense. Uh, from 82 to 2002, WWE had only won the the, the best match uh, on four occasions. With 11 times in that stretch, a match from Japan won it. Uh, but it was a bit of a cap in the, a feather in the cap of Anglin Benoit, who finished respectable second uh, for votership that covered Japanese wrestling with enthusiasts. We know. Uh, it was, and the match of the year was Masawa and Kabashi from. March of that year, uh, and rightfully so. And I'm not, that's another podcast, but we'll talk about Masao and Kabashi later on in the year. 
Number six, four future Rumble winners took part in the 03 Rumble. Four future winners, okay. Uh, in the previous year, the gates of Ohio Wrestling opened up and the gradual migration began. Uh, the big four from OVW, Brock Lesnar, Randy Orton, Batista, and John Cena, each took root on the main stage. Three of them were wrestling in the 0-3 Rumble, along with 11 other wrestlers that had never before taken part in the bout. Lesnar, Batista, and Cena were all future Rumble winners. And then Lesnar that night, obviously. And would carry main events for years to come. The fourth future Royal Rumble winner was not an OBW guy, but Rey Mysterio had debuted in McMahonland in July of 2002. His presence livened up SmackDown from day one, and he added some zest to the early portion of the 2003 Rumble. He most certainly did. Uh, number five, it was the first time the number one was the first man gone. That was Shawn Michaels. Uh, I knew that one. So, number four, Chris Nowinski suffered a rather notable head injury in the Rumble match. We all know his story. Um, the miscue uh, led to, uh, let's see, was supposed to it was it was in hometown too. It was supposed to take a double flying dropkick from Rey Mysterio and Edge, but the timing was off, and result of Edge jumped late and landed squarely on Nowinski's skull. The miscue led him to, to suffer a concussion, which he attempted to work through until he could no longer gain clearance. As of June of '03, Nowinski was no longer an active wrestler and had no choice but to retire, and still has lingering effects. Nowinski still plagued by PCS, post concussion syndrome turned his focus to raising awareness of head injuries, particularly in the world of sport. He wrote a book, Head Games, Football's Concussions, Crisis, and took the examining of brains of deceased NFL players. In 2007, Nowinski took a high interest in the brain of Chris Benoit following the double murder-suicide that same year, and he founded the Sports Legacy Institute, which is now the Concussion Legacy Foundation. So there you go. Number three, Jim Ross accidentally mentioned Jamal and, and Rikishi's relation. He most certainly did. Uh, Rikishi and Jamal ended back-to-back 20-21. -back and 21. Jamal attacked Rikishi upon his entry. Rikishi responded by superkicking his brother to the mat. And good old JR noted that Jamal had gone after his brother Rikishi when no mention of it had been made on camera of their relation before. Now, was it a big deal? Kayfabe was beyond life support in 2003. It just made it even ickier when you realize Rikishi was giving a stink face to his own flesh and blood, though. So, there you go. Number two, it was the first time an entrant beyond number 27 won the Rumble. The luck of the draw is usually the point of emphasis for every Royal Rumble. The latter you enter, the better your odds are. Yet from 88 to 2002, 15 Royal Rumbles, never once did an entrant beyond number 27 win the match. Number 28, 29, and no 30. Brock broke that streak by winning the by winning it from the 29th spot in the 2003 Royal Rumble. He needed only eight minutes and 59 seconds in order to punch his WrestleMania ticket. Since then, number 30 has won the won three times, number 28 twice, and 29 once. As if somebody in WWE realized, hey, it kind of makes luck of the draw look irrelevant when nobody wins from numbers that from those numbers, and then they corrected it. So. And number one, Brock Lesnar became the youngest Royal Rumble winner ever. Lesnar remains the youngest WWE champion, not the world champion of all time, 
upon his SummerSlam victory of 2002, and that wasn't his only age-related victory. As part of the first year Uber push, Lesnar was booked to win the Rumble at the same age of 25 that he won the WWE Championship at. His win, his win broke the 10-year-old mark set by Yokozuna, who won the 1993 Royal Rumble at age 26. Since Lesnar's victory, only twice has the Royal Rumble uh, match been won by a man in his 20s. Randy Orton in 09, he was 28. Roman Reigns in 15, he was 29. And in the same stretch of time, the match has been won by men in their 40s on three occasions. Taker did it in 07 at 41. Batista in 14, he was 45. And, of course, Triple H in 2016, and he was number 46. So there are your top 10 fascinating facts that we didn't know about, they might have not known about, about 2003 Royal Rumble. And that's going to do it for me this week. Uh, I hope you guys had a great uh Great. I hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, I'm going to enjoy the pay-per-view tonight with Impact, and uh, watch some wrestling this week, man, and uh, I'm going to get some rest. I'm feeling a little under the weather, and uh, hope you guys enjoyed this. We'll be back next week, same same time, same channel, where all you get all your gimmicks and all that happy horse shit. Let's play the outro and get out of here, you know? You guys know the social media handles. I'm still working on getting the .com back up. Uh, most of the new episodes are posted on Anchor FM, Shining Wizards Network, Rant DM Radio, Google, uh, Spotify, Amazon, everywhere you get your podcast. Apple, it's just a, yeah, anywhere that podcasts are available, that's what Turbuckle Throwbacks is. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Turbuckle Throwbacks. Be a mark, buy a shirt. That's going to do it for me, kids. Have a great rest of your weekend. It's your boy Philly Ray is signing off for the Turbuckle Throwbacks. Reminding you, don't be a jerk. Don't be a jerk off. Take care of yourself, each other, avoid the clap and get arrested. And be kind to animals. And watch a lot of wrestling. Good night, Gracie.